Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. I'm going to start this show with maybe not the number one news story of the week, but it should be, could be. This is about the Biden approval rating, and it has everything to do with the economy. Now, you may have heard the term, it's the economy, stupid. If the economy's bad, that bodes well for the opposing party. We are about to enter a very, very tough economy, as if you didn't know that. Let me pause there. This story details how voters are beginning to really stress over the state of the economy. And if you're wondering, it says the majority of Americans are concerned over the state of the economy and disapprove of President Joe Biden's handling, according to new polling from CBS slash YouGov. Biden's approval rating hit a new low compared to past CBS surveys, with just 40% of respondents saying they approve of the job he's doing. So it's, it's down. It's not down a ton. Uh, in June, his approval rating was 41%. On the economy, only 34% approved, according to the survey, which was taken between July 26th and 28th, uh, compared to June. So Americans are expressing concern over the economy with 70% saying their income is not keeping up with inflation. Hey, if yours is, I want to know who you are. Uh, Given a list of words to describe the economy, 61% chose struggling and 56% chose uncertain. Only 26% of respondents chose more positive descriptors like rebounding and expanding. So they're they're not even saying really that it's doing well. They're saying, yeah, we know it's bad, but it's going to get better. Basically, their outlook is better. Uh, The data suggests that Americans do feel slightly better about the job market with 46% describing as good, while 43% described as bad. Basically, 
an even split. So what does all that mean? Well, a number of things. One is that the economy is very, very important to elections. Now, I'll get to more of that in just a second, but it is important. And the problem that Biden is going to have going into 2024, November of 24, is that we have faced now, at that point, it'll be basically four straight years of not only inflation, but rather high inflation. It's, it's, come, it's starting to come down, but it's not there yet. And the Federal Reserve just killing investors. So what is that going to do? Well, it means that <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm predicting that, and this isn't even a crazy prediction anymore. This is stuff I've been saying for two years, that the inflation was going to take a while to curtail because of two things. One is that they spent so much money. They injected so much money into the economy in 2020 and 2021 that it just is going to take a while to get back from that. And with gas being higher under Biden, that was just going to keep pushing prices up. So it was already going to push it up if you did that. But then you have all this money floated into the economy that didn't exist before. And wow, are you going to face inflation? Well, we've seen that. So the only magic button that anybody has to bring that down, and there, there, people can debate whatever. You can go debate that. That's fine about other options. But ultimately, what the government does every time this happens is they raise interest rates. So they raise interest rates to basically kill investment. However, because we were coming out of two years of shutdowns, investors are pioneering people. I'm an investor myself. Not, probably not on some great level, but I'm an investor. You come out of two years where you're told that you can't do anything and people are chomping at the bit to get back in the market and invest. So even in light of high interest rates, people are still investing like crazy. You see this in the housing market, that the housing market is still nuts, even though rates are high. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's because for years you had taken investors out of the market entirely. So it's all these things, these perfect storm events that are all self-induced. I mean, all self-induced. None of this was just the natural flow of things. This was caused by bad policy, primarily Democrat policy, although some of that spending in 2020 did happen under Republicans. But the gas stuff, the interest rate stuff, the inflation, the everything else you can think of, it's all Democrat policies. It's economic policies. It's almost as if they don't know what they're doing. And maybe they do, and they're just trying to destroy the economy. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Uh, I, have a, I have a feeling that a lot of the people making the decisions really just don't even know. They don't know what they're doing. So we have this perfect storm that's happening right now. Again, I've been saying this for a couple of years, but now we're just inside of a year or, or outside of a year from the election. And we're starting to see these things come together where big companies are starting to lay people off. Does that mean layoffs are coming to you? I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you this, though. The coming year is not going to be pleasant. At some point, these interest rates are going to get so high that investors are just going to say, I can't keep doing it because the dollars don't make sense anymore. At that point, and we may be at that point now or close to it because it just keeps going up. At that point, the economy is going to tank. Now, you will have inflation under control by that point, but 
just because you've stopped inflation doesn't mean you've brought it down. I mean, nobody's catching up to it where inflation is right now. And with all these things happening at the same time, you have a crashing economy and then an election. Got to tell you, I'm not rooting for that, but it does bode well for whoever the Republican candidate is, probably Donald Trump. Now, that said, it's the economy, stupid. I'm going to take another step back and say, despite all of these economic predictions, it's not going to impact the election as much as we would think it would, or as much as, in this case, we would like it to. Because people are so entrenched with their worldview that in light of even real economic problems or real life problems, so many of them are still going to vote for the person that they're going to vote for regardless of the outcome because they're entrenched in their worldview. And that's why I always say, that's why I always say, politics is downstream from culture and culture is downstream from spirituality and morality. If you know how somebody feels about God or doesn't feel about God, if they're an atheist, if they're an agnostic, if they are a devout Christian, you can pretty much guess how they're going to vote. That's these days. You, that might not have been true in the past, but nowadays you can because people are voting their conscience, not the outcomes anymore. That is a problem because we are so separate in our worldviews. If you have a biblical or a Christian worldview or even a Christian background, even if you're not a devout Christian, and you have a worldview based on those things, your worldview used to be pretty common in America. That was the predominant worldview. Now there is a leftist ideology that is essentially supplanting Judeo-Christian ideology, and people vote from that instead of from their eyeballs. <laughs> uh, and that, that, that is unfortunate, but that is the truth we're facing. It's why you see, even in polls like this one I'm mentioning, people still saying that 40 to 41% would still vote for Biden in the light of all this. I mean, there's, there's literally nothing that he's done that has improved anybody's life. Anything that he can point to, I mean, things like, well, prescription drug prices, he, he, he threw that out the window. <laughs> he, Trump had signed executive orders regarding a lot of these insulin things that he came in, took away, and then re-signed so that he can say he did it. Even his wins aren't wins. But it may not matter because it's all about worldview. It really is about spiritual out, spirituality and morality now much more than it is reality. I was going to end this sorry sorry I, I was going to end this break here talk about this crazy idea I had but I think we're we're going to go a little long and I'm going to tease it to come up instead it is a way outside the box idea that doesn't really have to do with the economy does have to do with social issues that I'm going to I'm going to give free of charge to any politician listening if they want to champion this thing you don't have to even put my name on it but it is a great idea nobody's doing it it's one of the wonderful things about having a radio show. You can just say, I got a great idea. And you can share that great idea and it's content. But I really do want to see somebody do this. That's my tease. And that is the way this show is going to begin. With just a big, long segment that ends in a tease. It's terrible. It's a terrible way to do things. But that's what we're going to start with. We'll be right back. This is The weekend. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, I teased it in the last segment. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you now because Roy, old Roy is here waiting in the wings, and I want to talk to him about Italy. I want to talk to him about the political climate there. I want to talk to him about, about the actual climate there because apparently you don't go to Italy in July. It's super hot. <laughs> uh, it's always hot, but this year was even hotter. Uh, so he'll be in here in just a second. But before we get there, I said in the last segment, I've got this free of charge. So any of your political friends, any lawmakers who are listening that you want to share with, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You can take this for what it, it is and run with it and say that it's yours. I don't even care because it is such a great political idea that I can't believe somebody hasn't angled at this and made it part of their campaign. Ron DeSantis, if you're listening, this seems like it would be in your territory to say, hey, you know what Florida's going to be is a non-sanctuary state for shoplifters. Missouri, you can do this too. Maybe you can lead the way. Is to pass a law or posture or an executive order. I don't even care. Whatever it is. But come out and say, if you own a company in this city, city, in this state, Missouri, if you own a company that's, that sells retail products, if people come into your store, if you catch them stealing, even or they have the perception of stealing, you can detain them. Something that simple. Just send, I mean, the, the, the specifics of the law would have to be worked out because what's illegal right now? What is legal right now? You want to defend people's rights. You don't want to trample on people's rights. But we've gone so far in the wrong direction with that stuff that it's ridiculous. And all of the population of the country would support a law that says you have the right as a private business owner to stop somebody from stealing from you and just letting them walk out um, some sort of lawsuit immunity or protection, something like that would go a long way to stopping shoplifting. Now, I don't know how big shoplifting actually is a problem for businesses in Missouri. I would think that if you're in California, it's become a pretty big problem. I mean, we know for sure. They've closed Whole Foods. They've closed Walgreens. They've closed lots of businesses in San Francisco in particular because they just won't prosecute theft. Send the opposite message here or wherever and say, we not only will prosecute it at the state level or at the city level, whatever it is, but we're going to give you as the business owner a bill of rights, essentially, of what you can do to stop shoplifting and basically swing that pendulum back in your favor and let you know that the state has your back and not criminals back. That is something that, again, free of charge. You don't have to cite me. You don't have to say Wiggins America came up with this idea. You can say it's yours. I just think that it's a no-brainer that's so across political aisles that if you passed it, especially if you're a Democrat, my goodness, you'd be sending a real message. But a Republican, if you pass this law or tout this law and push this thing, you will be popular. That can be your thing. And people go, hey, you know what? That guy really has some common sense. I like that guy. I'm going to vote for that guy next year. 
There you go. It's all free. Like I said, old Roy is waiting in the wings. In fact, you know what? I'm going to talk to him about Italy in just a minute because he's been traveling the world because he's he's an international playboy, as you know from listening to the show. Roy, come in now. Can you hear me? Come in here. American Media Export. Wiggins, America. Roy is on mic. You good? Yep. Uh, I wanted to bring this to you. I was going to do this at some point, but I just interrupted my own segment to do this. Okay. Because this sounds like me and you. It's a news story, but it sounds like me and you. Three of Lizzo's former dancers has a, have accused the singer of sexual harassment and creating a hostile work environment, according to a lawsuit filed Tuesday. Yep, sounds like us. Now you can see yeah. where I would say that's me and Roy. Oh, yeah. Um, because Wait one a of us on the victim side or the if you have to ask. Oh, okay, I, I just okay. Never mind. They allege that she pressured one of them to touch a nude performer at an Amsterdam club. Okay, go <laughs> touch him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and he he was naked, <clears throat> and subjected the group of these three singers to excruciating auditions after leveling false accusations accusations that they were drinking on the job. Okay. The dancers accused Lizzo, a performer known for embracing body positivity, she's fat, yeah, and celebrating her physique of calling attention to one dancer's weight gain. <laughs> Interesting. Now, this is where it, to me, gets into the me and you part more, where you're way, way overweight. Oh, yeah. I'm slightly overweight, and yet you call me these names? Yeah. I think that's inappropriate. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to apologize before we get into your segment. Well, it it depends. Inappropriate is subjective because, I mean, if, if you have to look at it, you have the power in this relationship because you're the famous one, mm. right? So I can call you whatever I want, and it's perfectly fine. I think legally, I'm not. I'd have to double check. Well, you have a legal background, yeah. So. so I think legally, I'm allowed to call you whatever I want because you have the upper hand. If it was reversed, then, like for instance, if you were to, like on a regular basis, call me old or call me fat or call <laughs> me stupid, <laughs> which. Obviously doesn't happen, but if that did happen, then we might have an issue. I just think it's hypocritical. I'm not talking legally at all. Okay. I just think, given your weight, that if you make a fat joke about me or an old joke about me, it's just inappropriate and wrong. Isn't it it's not like, accurate. Isn't it kind of like the thing, well, I can I can tell that joke because I know a, a Polish person or something? Well, you know? not really, because then you can't, you know, if you are Irish... Yeah, you can make Irish jokes because you're Irish, but you can't call me Irish. Well, I guess you I, you make a good point, but I still enjoy. I mean, if I get something out of it, isn't that okay? Well, I'll say this because that, I I take that as a sincere apology. <laughs> but I'll say this before we get into the next segment uh -huh. that I do need to apologize because there are things in here that I've. I was reading this and I was thinking it's kind of like looking into a Lizzo mirror. Yeah, because while That's I'm a big mirror, I, I while I'm not um, 
a singer or that famous or that fat, I have pressured you to touch nude male, <laughs> nude males, <laughs> just period. Like whenever we see a nude male, I'm like, Roy, go touch that. Yeah. And I, I apologize because you met, you probably were a little uncomfortable with that. I, I appreciate the apology. And I appreciate you going ahead and doing it, even though <laughs> I, it was clearly pressure on my part. But don't sell yourself short. You, I would consider you a dancer. I mean, you can dance. And so in terms of how we relate to this Lizzo story, that's the connection I make. Because I, I think of you and I'm like... That guy can dance. Yeah. So if these are dancers having these problems, and now you're a dancer, both having this done to you and doing it to others, I think it's a perfect scenario that makes sense. Do you think I'm too humble? That I don't talk myself up enough? I would say, yeah, there are times where where you really could just boost yourself and yeah. you you choose not to and that's admirable but you know in this industry you probably should just go ahead i think so too uh, and what the one thing i'll close on this because we need to get to the italy stuff we'll ah. talk about italy with you um i i could be on that stage with lizzo mm-hmm. i could endure the abuse that these three dancers have because of my background mm-hmm. which i won't go into Uh, But the dance that I do, as you know, is the one where you put your hands on your knees and then you put them back and forth and make it look like they're going back and forth. That's the dance that I would be doing on stage with Lizzo. And I'm really good at that, and everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. And I should probably submit a tape to her because I could go on tour with her doing that dance. She might be needing new dancers, given this story. Yeah, clearly she does. It's an opportunity. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with more... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, this is a really historic week, of course, but when all weeks are historic, are any weeks historic? When you make history every week, it just kind of becomes part of the noise, doesn't it? Donald Trump has been indicted for the third time, giving him an indictment hat trick. So congratulations on that. Throw your hats on the ice. Uh, This is a terrible, terrible thing, though. I I don't mean to make light of it. It's just that, again, when it just keeps happening, at some point you got to go, well, I don't know. I mean, what am I supposed to say? It's history again. It's history for all the wrong reasons. i got a bunch of clips I want to play from you or for you here. Uh, This is the Trump team's response. Now, this is Trump's attorney first. You may have seen this clip kind of circulating around a little bit because Trump's attorney is... Kind of hot, and that's honestly why the clip was circulating, but this is the sound. This is election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president, for either party. President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. President Trump and his legal team and everyone on his team 
will continue to fight, not for him, but for the American people. It is really weird that people have lost their minds so much regarding this man that they will go to any length to stop him. Now, this is what Trump had to say for his part. You would expect that this is what he would say. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, When you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. He's right, of course. This is a political persecution of a political opponent. And they just impeached him for doing what they said was the same thing. I I brought this up last week, but I'll say it again. He was impeached over calling Ukraine to look into corruption on the behalf of Joe Biden. Democrats said, you were doing that to politically persecute an opponent. You can't politically persecute an opponent. We're going to impeach you. So they did. Then they did it again, of course, concerning January 6th, a super quick impeachment. Neither one of them removed him from office. And that wasn't even the point of the second one because he was already leaving office. It was to get these things on the record. They were basically politically persecuting him because he politically persecuted his opponent. Now they're doing the exact same thing. Here's Alina Haba talking about this being lawfare. I like that word because it's also intended to break Trump financially. The fact that I am standing here for the third time in five months is not a coincidence. This is the Biden political lawfare that we have seen time and time again. It is a deflection from everything that they have done. And if you don't believe me, look at the facts. I said that's Alina Haba. Probably didn't mention that's his attorney again. So just the same as the first clip, just so you know who we're talking about here. That is Trump's attorney talking about political lawfare. And the sad part is the deep, deep pockets of the American government are your pockets. They're using them to break him. He is amazingly, though, because if it were anybody else, this wouldn't be the case. But he is independently financially well off. We all know that. If you were wondering how financially well off, it's even more so than it was in 2016. I mean, he's always shown himself to be this billionaire playboy, but he's much richer now, and it's not because of the office. Well, I guess you could say indirectly because of the office, because he's more famous than ever. But he started Truth Social, and that has made him a lot of money. He has spent a lot of money. His businesses have not done amazingly well after he became president, because a lot of people didn't want to touch his brand anymore. He was too toxic to touch. Uh, But real estate is real estate, and he still owns a lot of it, and he's still mega wealthy. But Truth Social has done very well for him. Not that it itself has become this huge success, but just the fact that it is his name attached to it. It is a social media platform that people do use. Believe it or not, I mean, there are people using it. It's not a ton, but it is people using it because of him. I mean, he's the centerpiece of Truth Social. If he's not on there, there's no reason to use it other than, I guess, you would know there's no censorship. But there are several places like that out there. Twitter, hopefully, being one of them, but I think their algorithm's pretty messed up still. However... 
Truth Social, again, back to the point, has made Trump a whole lot of money. How much, you ask? Well, he's not the only owner of Truth Social, but after it went public, he's roughly a 50% owner of the shares of that company, and they're worth about $2 billion. Doubled, that's $4 billion, but he owns half of it, so that's about $2 billion, and it goes up and down based on the market, so it may not be that today, but by most accounts, that's about where it has been. So $2 billion is a lot of money. That's going to help him float through this campaign without it touching him too badly, but they're trying. They're trying to take as much campaign funds from him, and he fundraises off of these things, and it ends up being close to a wash. But those pocket, your pockets that they're, they're saying please donate from, your pockets are limited. Their pockets, the government, are not. They're just going to keep doing this stuff. The reason I bring this up in this segment as we we get to the top of the hour here, close to it anyway, is because it's not necessarily about the quote-unquote crimes. I'm not telling you anything you don't know by saying that. What I do have is a montage of Democrats, politicians, and media showing just how crazy they are about getting this guy. It's like they've abandoned the idea of anything being fair and just and thought, you know what, no matter what I do, the ends justify the means when it comes to Trump. Do you guys want to see some Democrats losing their minds? Sure. We have Harold that. votes no. <laughs> Just walk outside. Let's play it. <laughs> I love America. What about Sonny if he, make, if he makes a deal with, with, with Smith? Without jail time? With, and without jail. He says, look, I'm going away. I'm moving to Saudi Arabia. Sure. I just want him to go away and stop ruining my if, country. If there are certain prosecutors that would offer him a plea agreement without time if he would agree to never run for public office again and anywhere. Democracy itself is really at issue in this trial. If Trump could get away with what he's done, uh, what he's charged with here, then we don't have the democracy we believe we had. To me, this is really going to be about whether people in this country care about the facts and the law. It would be, Wolf, the end of our democracy if Donald Trump was able to get back into office. It would be the end of our democracy if he were to be democratically elected, so we are justified by doing anything we want to him. Well, that's just the media, though. Yeah, the media's got tons and tons of power, if you haven't realized. But here's Biden after he was elected. This is 2022, him talking about using the power of the government, even constitutionally, to persecute a political opponent. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he... Uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. We'll do anything we can to make sure that he doesn't become the next president. And I'm going to use the power of my office to do so. That is Joe Biden himself saying it. Not just the puppet masters, but Joe Biden himself. We're at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.